Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630 WLAP, the home of the Cats, right here in Lexington. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking the Cats. It's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation. You can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show is brought to you by Skyline Chili. We'll tell you more about them in a bit. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. We got to talk about Kentucky versus LSU. John Calipari spoke to the media today. There was a, another coach that many Kentucky fans are familiar with in town as well. And we'll wrap with some Brad Calipari fashion. Also, lots of social media talk on the John Calipari call-in show today. So we'll probably get into that a bit as well. But Kyle, let's, let's just start out with the matchup that is happening uh, as most people listen to this on Tuesday. Kentucky versus LSU. Uh, I think it's going to be an awesome game. I'm excited to see the different matchups. Tremont Waters versus Ashton Haggins, Nas Reed, Emmett Williams, and all the bigs that LSU have against P.J. Washington, Reed Travis. What are you most looking forward to seeing in this game? Probably the Haggins versus Tremont Waters thing, even though the despite the, the sandbagging comment from Cal Perry that maybe he wouldn't defend him all that much and they would throw some other stuff at him. I, I just find that really difficult to believe. I don't know who else or what else you could throw at Tremont Waters other than Ashton Hagens. So I'd be curious. I mean, I would, I, I'll, be, I'll, I'll be genuinely stunned if it's someone else. I, I mean, I don't know. Can you, can you, in your brain, figure out w- what that means, if that's actually true? Yeah, when Ashton Hagens goes to the bench, one of the other cards will guard Waters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for the whatever amount of time that he's not out there, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I just I can't see quickly being able to stay in front of him. I mean, Jamal Baker coming off the bench? I don't know. I mean, um, here, yeah, we've talked about heroes improved defense. So uh, in spot minutes, there's probably a lot of different guards that could. But why would you not want to put your best defender on their best offensive player? Yeah, that just seems like a little bit of a like mind games. I don't know. But it's interesting because, uh, you know, one thing I would note, I tweeted this out a few days ago and uh, pulled it up here so I could read it. Um, you know, I have not been surprised that LSU has been as good as they have because they had so much talent. Um, here's where here's where some of their guys were ranked as nationally as recruits. Nas Reed, the big guy, uh, he's he was 18th overall in the class of 2018. Emmett Williams, another six foot nine, six ten guy, uh, was 26th overall in the class of 2018. Javante Smart, who was a guy. These are all the 247 composite rankings. Javante Smart was a point guard who at one point was ranked the number one point guard in the class, I believe. Um, Got pushed down a little bit by some reclassifications and just, I think, you know, people fell a little bit out of love with him. Even still, he ended up 35th overall in the class of 2018. I don't have any love loss. Not to Smart, but maybe his coach to a certain extent because I went and visited my sister back when he was the number one point guard in Kentucky, was recruiting him hard, and I tried for like a week straight when my sister was living in Louisiana to set up an interview with him, and it kept getting pushed back by his high school coach, and then I had to leave and come back to Kentucky, so I never got that interview. But Oh, that's no good. Maybe I'll get to talk to him after this game. Maybe he just knew he was not going to go to Kentucky and was going to stay home and go to LSU and didn't want to... Yeah, by the end of the week, I kind of got that vibe, and that's when I (laughs) kind of stopped paying attention to him on the recruiting circuit to a certain extent. Yeah, but then, so you got 18 Nas Reed, 26 Emmett Williams, 35 Javante Smart, 
Tremont Waters was 44th overall in the class of 2017. Darius Days was 62nd in the in last year's class. And then uh, the kid they've got now that's going to be, I think, a handful for Kentucky and the big guys, uh, I think, I don't know how you say his first name, Cavill, Cable, Cavell, uh, Bigby Williams, a, a hyphenated name like uh, so many guys Kentucky's had. He was the number three overall uh, JUCO player in the class of 2016, so a, long, a while ago. Played a season at Oregon and played pretty well. And then transferred, set out a year, and is now playing at LSU as a senior. Uh, and he's put up some good numbers. He's had some big games. Another big body in there. So, I mean, like LSU and Tennessee both are going to challenge Kentucky with, with big bodies and uh, plenty of talent. I mean, that's right there. I just read you a list of uh, five top 100 high school kids and, and a and number three JUCO kid in the country. So six essentially top 100 level, really more like top 65 level players on that roster. That's that's as much talent on paper as anybody in the league has outside of Kentucky. And so I think uh, LSU is for real. You know, they, they their record matches their recruiting rankings. You know, they've played up to their talent level. Maybe haven't played as many tough games as Kentucky and Tennessee have. Uh, but I think it'll be a challenge. I think if this game was in Baton Rouge, you would, I'd be very close to favoring LSU. In Rupp Arena, I still think it'll be tough. But I, I, I think it's going to be fun. It's a hell of a, uh entree or, or appetizer to the main course on Saturday against Tennessee. And, and again, individually, I think Tremont Waters versus Ashton Haggins will be a ton of fun. And then Nas Reed against whoever whoever they throw at Nas Reed. Yeah. I thought it was interesting that Tyler Hero mm-hmm. today said, you know, PJ is one of the best players in the country. I think PJ will take care of him or something to that effect. It was a very confident, ah, PJ's got it. It's cool. I wonder if he meant from a defensive standpoint or just that they will, you know, they'll duel and it'll kind of be, it, maybe not even a draw, PJ will have the advantage at the end of the game when you stack their numbers against each other because, I mean... Nas Reed is a monster, and it, I don't think P.J. Washington or really anybody on Kentucky Kentucky's roster, unless like Nick Richards somehow flips the light switch all the way on and right. becomes a defensive monster, he potentially could be, but no one's going to completely stop Nas Reed, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, this is a game, I, I, I thought that was an interesting comment because I, I would think this is a game you throw a big body like Reed Travis uh, at Nas Reed. Although Bigby Williams is, presents a challenge in there, and so you know you may need you you may just have to to split the difference and put put PJ on one of those guys and hope for the best. I mean, I think physically a guy like that could probably manhandle PJ a little bit, but does PJ win with the in the the quickness and athleticism mm-hmm. um, departments? I, I don't know. It'll be be interesting to see how they end up matching up. Yeah, it's going to be a super fun matchup. Uh, the other thing that. You know, we t- you're talking. You called it. You just called it an appetizer. And obviously, on Saturday, it's a top five matchup. The number one team in the country, Tennessee, is coming into town. Uh, the game day is coming back into town. It's going to be a Memorial Coliseum, huge matchup. And it's been a common theme over the past couple of weeks talking about trap games. You know, you've been trying to maybe pinpoint a trap game. And I think two things really are working in Kentucky's favor to prevent that in this game. One. LSU has a number beside their name, so you're not going to overlook a ranked team even if you were, in theory, ready to look at the game on Saturday. Plus, 
I asked the Tyler Hero and Emmanuel quickly today who they knew on this roster, and they played against Nas Reed, Javante Smart, and Emmett Williams, three of the you know top, top eight-minute guys on the team, I believe, a couple of the top scorers. So when you play against your friends like that, I feel like you even get a little bit more motivated. I think quickly said he played with um, Reed and Smart in multiple All-Star games on the AAU Adidas circuit. So, uh, you know, I think the, I think that it'll be a pretty focused team overall. Yeah, I mean, if played in a vacuum, this game would would 100% have Kentucky's attention. I mean, the the only reason you could ever say, oh, you're looking past LSU, the 19th ranked team in the country that's tied for tied with you for second in the SEC and has a bunch of five star recruits. Uh, the only way you could even ask that with a straight face, if you're overlooking a team like that, would be if you have something as large as what they do Saturday mm-hmm. coming. But uh, even with that Tennessee game, I, I think you're right. I just think this this will feel like a big enough game to them, and, and people, I think the, the crowd's going to be uh, into it, I would think. Yes. This is yes. one of the best home games on the schedule, and as we've mentioned, there's not a ton of those, but you know that home schedule's kind of heating up now. They got People got uh, wild for Kansas. I think they're going to get uh, rowdy for LSU and, and, and sort of almost, I do think in fans' minds, this is like the pre-party <laughs> for for Tennessee, you know. Little, and I think I think little, if they look good, you know, if they look good against LSU, and if they win that game, then they they play Saturday for first place in the league. Little pre-game action is what you're yep. saying there. Um, all right, coming up next, uh, we're going to talk about Kentucky's last couple games and how impressive they have been, and Ashton Higgins because Calipari had some some comments on him and his kind of slightly up and down play in game in the last couple contest for UK. Uh, But before that, I do want to tell you guys about Skyline Chili. Skyline Chili is my favorite neighborhood restaurant because when you go down there, everybody's just so super nice. You know, we've talked about it before, setting you up with the oyster crackers, uh, you know, getting a little hot sauce on that, eating those up as a little appetizer. Normally when I go in, I'm basically just kind of a Coney guy, but every once in a while I like to mix in a three-way. But for the most part, I just do standard Coney, Onion, mustard, all the way. Get all the fixings on there. Um, you know, so any anytime you go to a Skyline, they treat you right, and that you're going to have awesome service and some just a friendly atmosphere overall. Uh, you know, Kyle and I, when we recorded our hundredth episode over there, you you could hear it in Kyle's voice the the just longing for the cheese that was walking by his face, and that's what you get uh, when you go to Skyline. You get piles of cheese on top of awesome chili and either delicious noodles or a Coney. It's your choice. So there you go. Go and check out your local Skyline today. Maybe I'll see you there. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So uh, Kyle, you had, I thought you, I really liked your questions to to John Calipari about Ashton Haggins and PJ Washington today, but I feel like he didn't want to answer either and just kind of tried to brush both of them off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. Although I thought he sort of he, he sort of did going back and looking at it, he sort of did answer the Ashton Hagen's uh, question, and it's for a piece I'm working on uh, that should be up by the time most people listen to this uh, Tuesday morning. Have give people time to read it during the day. It's essentially sort of setting the stage. Uh, you know, they've won ten in a row, but this is a huge week. This will really shape the SEC race. It'll it'll go a long way in determining whether Kentucky can get onto that one line in the in the NCAA tournament seating, and you know 
if if Kentucky's only halfway up the mountain, and, and as Kenny Payne said a couple weeks ago, you know, do we have thirty or forty percent more? I think we do. How does Kentucky get there? How do they play even better than they've played over the last ten games? It's kind of a look at that. Here, here's four ways uh, that they can play even better than what we've seen in this ten game winning streak, winning streak, and therefore give them a chance to sweep this week. And, and you know, if they come out of the end of this week on a twelve game winning streak with two top 25 wins and basically in first place with the tiebreaker in the, uh, in the uh, SEC. Um, I believe everyone in the country will be on the same page that they're a national championship uh, contender. And so, you know, a couple of those things, one was about PJ Washington. You know, if you see that video from the journey that Kentucky has been putting out uh, sort of uh, chapters of this video behind the scenes video mm-hmm. series, the one from Mississippi State, Calipari comes in and he's very negative with with <laughs> PJ Washington after he has 23 points in 24 minutes and says, "How many rebounds do you have? Three? Come on, I mean, I thought you were supposed to be the best player in the country." And you can see PJ Washington just mean mugging. He looks mad. And I I mentioned that to Cal, and he said he just kind of smiled and nodded and said, "Yep, well, I'm not letting these guys backslide." You know, I'm not not taking my foot off the, the gas, and I thought that was interesting. Like, it's clear, and he essentially admitted it today, that he is pushing, repeatedly pushing the mental button for for P.J. Washington and for other guys, but especially for P.J. because he knows now he's P.J.'s turned a corner and he's at the point where he can dominate, and he doesn't want there to be any slippage. And for six straight games – you know, you can nitpick him like the three rebounds the other day, but for six straight games now, PJ's been pretty close to elite. You know, he's averaging like 21 points and eight and a half rebounds and shooting 55% from three in the last six games. Uh, those numbers, I just tweeted that out tonight, that while I was looking stuff up for the, the piece I was writing for The Athletic, those numbers for PJ over the last six games are across the board better than Grant Williams' numbers of, for the season. And Grant Williams is the runaway SEC player of the year. We've talked about that a bunch. I mean, P.J. Washington at his best is the best player in the SEC. And I think that's what Cal knows, and he's just continuing to try to pull it out of him. The other thing about uh, Ashton Hagens is, I mean, he's clearly taken a dip over the last three games. Um, You know, even with a nine-assist game at Mississippi State, I think seven of those were in the first half, and he just kind of fell apart in the second half. He had all three of his turnovers – were during Mississippi State's comeback, and they were all pretty bad. And at, at times in these last three games, he sort of has looked out of sorts. And I asked Cal about that, and he, you know, he kind of blew it off and said he's going to be fine. But he also said, and I think this is right, that teams have figured him out. You know, they've scouted him now. He was he was sort of a revelation and a, a surprise for Kentucky and for opponents both in December, late December, and all through January. Well, now there's a lot of film on him. How do you play him? You know, he's not a shooter. Sag off him. And he talked about John Wall coming in his office in the middle of his season saying, this isn't any fun. And in Castle, well, I bet it's not. They're, they're basically sitting in the lane <laughs> daring you to shoot, and you can't shoot, so I'm sure it's not fun. And that's kind of what's happening to Ashton Hagens. You know, there were a couple shots that I think they wanted him to take in that last game where he was hesitant because he's unsure of himself. He's not super confident in that jump shot. Um, he didn't exactly – offer a great explanation when I said, what do you, you know, what's your marching orders for him? He said, sometimes drive it, sometimes shoot it. (laughs) Uh, Didn't really clear that up, but 
you know, I think it is true that teams kind of have the book on Ashton Haig is now. Now it can, you know, if we, as we look to the, the big picture, can he adjust to the adjustment? You know, he was, he caught everybody by surprise. Uh, now they've adjusted to him. Can he adjust back? Can he make sort of like the second half adjustment um, counter what they have done to him? So I think those are two of the big ones. Or, you know, there's a couple more. You can read them on The Athletic. Uh, Keldon Johnson being one of them, just uh, finding a way to be focused all the time. And I talked to some of the players today about that, um, how they try to help keep him focused because – Stretches like the end of the the Mississippi State game where he scores six straight, has the tip out rebound that EJ Montgomery comes with up with, and then makes the the game winning defensive stop. You know, everyone agrees when when he's that when he's that Kelvin Johnson when he's that locked in, uh, they're a totally different team. They're almost unstoppable because of the way all the other pieces have fallen into place. If they can just get all the time Kelvin, um, they do become. I think really one of the most formidable two or three teams in the country. Coming up next, we are going to get a little bit into some nonsensical stuff, kind of some fashion. Calipari said some things that might get him trouble in trouble at home on his coach's show. For that, I do real quick note, Anthony Edwards today picked Georgia. I would imagine most people listening to this uh, know that. Uh, and also of note, Tom Crean apologized for his comments after the game on Saturday. So, all things are seem to be okay in Athens, Georgia right now on the basketball front. So coming up next, we're going to have some fun. But before that, I do want to ask a favor of you guys. If you could um, do us a big solid and take a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like, tell us what you don't like. It should take about 15 minutes to complete. But by participating, you're entered to win a $250 Vivid Seats gift card. Just visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey to participate. That's LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. We appreciate your feedback, and you got a chance to win a $250 seat voucher. So, a pretty good thing. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. Kyle, did you listen to John Calipari's show tonight? I did not. Oh, buddy, you missed it. You missed it. He was uh he is he has been made aware of Ellen Calipari's Instagram. Fully and? aware. And he thinks he well, it was typical Calipari fashion in the sense that you can tell he finds something funny, but he kind of doesn't want to admit it. <laughs> he told the tale about this morning. He gave this big long story about how, yeah, you know, I woke up and I, I was getting ready to go, and the cat's bothering me, and so I feed the cat, and I throw my my iPad in my bag, and I go out the door, and I go out to get my coffee, and I'm I got my cool new shoes that they gave me for my birthday, which you saw those, the Dunkin' Donut custom shoes. Yes, those were pretty cool. You can go check them out on Calipari's Twitter. And he goes, and so I got to my to the point where I got my coffee, got to my coffee shop after mass. And realized I forgot my phone, and almost as importantly, he forgot his hard-boiled egg, which apparently he eats every day. I I didn't know that that was a habit, but he eats a hard-boiled egg. And so, he doesn't know his wife's phone number <laughs> because you just hit the button nowadays. And, right. he, and he had to ask his friend to call his other friend, Joe Palumbo, who is on vacation, and so that Joe Palumbo could then conference in Ellen Calipari, who... 
Calipari told, who John Calipari told, hey, can you bring my phone and my egg to the coffee shop? And she took a, <laughs> and she then took a picture of the egg and the phone and posted it on her Instagram like she does all the time <laughs> and uh, then brought it to him. So he, he, he made that, uh, that, told that story and then made some other jokes. It was kind of a nostalgic call-in show. And there was, a, I'll find the tweet here in a minute from uh, TJ Beisner about uh, them kind of showing John Calipari, Ellen Calipari's Instagram, and there there was a little bit of worry that he might not find it as funny as everybody else does. Um, but he he was in good spirits about it. But I guess the other note is it was his birthday today, and Kyle, you know, age is just a number. I'm sorry, I'm just looking at this Instagram post from Mrs. Calipari, and it is really funny. Well, read it. It's just a picture of a phone and an egg on the carpet. It looks like. And it says, may not look like much, but this is memory loss. Roommate forgot. I love that she calls him roommate. Didn't know my number. Had a friend called BFF Jojo Palumbo, who is on vacation, to conference call me to bring them to him. Hashtag given, not earned. (laughs) That's so fantastic. Oh my goodness! That is all all the way around. That is uh, just fantastic. And so the other thing, and this will lead into the tweets uh, that I that I wanted to read from some of the people that work behind the scenes in the Kentucky program. He also made a joke about how he let he has Ellen do all the chores around the house, which she also posts about because he makes all the money and none of it is her money. It was clearly a joke. Everybody, Calipari is not a misogynist. <laughs> And knows that his wife, you know, his wife does a great job of raising the kids and doing all those things that that some wives do. Um, but there was a there was a little back and forth after that comment got tweeted out into the Twitter sphere. Megan Calipari said, "Plot twist: She starts doing Instagram ads and making her own money, which is funny." Uh, but then Eric Lindsay tweeted who is the media relations, they have some other title, but I call it media relations because I can't think of the fancy new title. But he said, I don't think he had a full understanding of how funny some of the posts were until I showed him the pick of the phone and the egg tonight. I hope I didn't ruin it for everybody. And so uh, apparently Calipari had a pretty solid reaction when he read the, uh, the Instagram post because TJ Beisner actually replied to Eric and said, after watching him giggle with her on FaceTime like a 14-year-old boy, I'm not sure she could ever do anything to make him mad at her. So, <laughs> like, I the, the Calipari reality show, I'm surprised it hasn't happened at this point because they just seem like a pretty fun couple overall, honestly. Yes, yes, and it's mostly her. Yeah, for the most, yeah, no question. Calipari really, John Calipari isn't funny at all. He thinks he is. <laughs> he thinks he's, he's very funny. But he is not, so not man. Goodness gracious. All right. Uh, wrapping up the Calipari talk, Calipari family talk. If uh, I teased this on the last, last podcast, if you missed it, Brad Calipari wore an awesome shirt, in my opinion, in the game in Mississippi State. It said it was just basic a basic white tee, and then it said on the tee, in memory of when I cared. And that was kind of a shout out to some people who had been questioning his fashion choices in the week before. And I think that he, it's funny that he just kind of leans into that. It's very Melania Trump-ish. What did her t-shirt say? She had the, she had the jacket that said the, 
I don't care to you or something like that. It caused a big stir because she was on her way to like see hurricane victims or something. I can't remember. That's the I weird thing about fashion nowadays. I don't know what, I feel like sometimes when someone wears something, it's like, oh, well, they're just in a, it's, this happened on a, I think it was the national championship game. Uh, there was a Clemson, a former Clemson guy who's now in the NFL was on the sideline of the Clemson and someone was giving him crap. They're like, man, you're just wearing a hoodie. Why don't you at least put on a polo? And then someone linked to the hoodie that he was wearing and it was like $800 hoodie. It would, and it just looked like a regular hoodie, but I don't, I don't understand fashion. Yeah, no, I don't. And clearly Brad Calipari does. And he's ahead of all of us in the fashion game. And I think it's funny that he doesn't care at this point that people like to mock him. And uh, I give him extra points for that. I mean, I think I think he's a little bit mockable with some of the things he wears uh, and says and does. But um, but I also think it's like he gets he has ga- he gains points to me by just not caring. You know, like well, this is what, this is what I want to wear and like deal with it. Uh, did you watch so. the Grammys? Uh, n- no, I'm not cool, and I don't keep up with anything of that sort well a friend of the calipari's uh aubrey oh crap i can't remember his last real name but drake at drizzy on twitter he was rocking turtleneck and chain and sports coat yeah so i mean hey brad calipari i think brad is ahead of the curve i mean what's old is new again i mean that's like an old school look but exactly so final note from today is Steve Alford is on campus right now hanging out, former UCLA coach, former Indiana University standout, uh, and Calipari was asked about him. Basically, Cal said that they're buds. He's unemployed and has just been coming around and kind of hanging. He's watched practice. He was at the coaches show, and he said that he's a terrific coach. So should anybody on the staff be worried that Alford's coming for their job, Kyle? Um, Eric <laughs> Lindsay. Eric, I think Eric Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> I hear, I hear that Steve Alford is is an excellent sports information director. So. <laughs> Sorry, Eric. Oh goodness, man! I don't know if I could I could deal with Steve Alford trying to get <laughs> through him to talk to John Calipari. All right, uh, real quick, I guess, Kyle. You think Kentucky's going to win against LSU, right? Is that your pick? That is my pick. Yeah, I think it'll be a good game. I think it, I think this could be one of those games too, where it looks like Kentucky's going to run away with it, and LSU, uh, you know, comes charging back and makes it close at the end. They kind of have that capability. Um, you know, Cal Perry brought up how many times they've come from behind and just kind of keep finding ways to win LSU. So um, I'd be a little surprised if they run them out of the gym, but it's hard for me to imagine them losing that one at home. Uh, Tennessee is a different animal, but I, I I like their chances against Tennessee as well, which we'll get to later in the week. But yeah, we will. Um, I mean, what's what's their record now? Like, I think Dick Vitale tagged me as he often does randomly and <laughs> <laughs> tweets uh, about their home record. Now it's like a hundred and what fifty and eight or something crazy yeah. under Cal Perry. I think he's only lost eight home games in now his tenth season. That's pretty impressive, and so it's obviously not going to happen very often. They're thirteen and zero at home this year. Uh, I think they get get to fourteen and zero for sure. I agree with you, Kyle, and we will be talking about it after the game. So be sure to subscribe, and then it'll get right to your phone as soon as we get it uploaded. Thank you so much for listening. Please rate and review; those really, really help out in the rankings. 
And be sure to be following along on social. You can find us on Facebook. Just search Locked On Kentucky. And you can follow us on Twitter. I am at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. I got all the videos from Tyler Hero, Emmanuel Quickly, and John Calipari before they face off against uh, LSU on my timeline. You can follow Kyle at... Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. And you can find the links to all his great work on The Athletic. Thanks so much for listening, guys. And thanks to Skylines for sponsoring this edition of the show. We'll talk to you guys soon. You are locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts locked on. Don't worry. I won't finish. You get the idea. In the world. I know. Like, Tom Crean, when he takes that Virginia job after Tony Bennett moves on, (laughs) buddy, sign me up on the next train to Charlottesville. Well, your favorite things.